Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Having a disability such as blindness or another can be difficult too. Sometimes it feels like God's not even there. But in room 4216... God shows us His path and we find we are not alone. Hi everyone, it's Pastor Dave. And Cecilia. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. And good, how are good. you doing? Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Good. Yeah. I stumbled across <laughs> one of my more favorite movies. It never used to be. I remember the first time my girls brought in and let's watch this one. It's like, what the heck? Parent Trap. I remembered Parent Trap from the 1960s with Brian O'Keefe, and it's like, eh, yeah. But uh, we watched it and went, man, this is pretty good. Have you seen the movie Parent Trap? I have seen part of it, but I haven't seen the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. It is just out of this world. And and um, ah, what's her name? Uh, uh, plays the both parts of the young girl. Lindsay Lohan? Yeah. Well, let, I'm sorry. Let me back up a little bit. So the story begins, uh, the movie begins with these two girls being sent off to camp. And the two girls are interacting with each other. The two girls get in trouble. The two girls are competitive. And so they're punished by being put into the same cabin as a, in a time out. And oh, no. they, they see each other's uh, most favorite picture, which is only half of a picture. One had mom, one had dad. They put it together and, <gasps> and they realize they are identical twins and that mom and dad somewhere early on separated. Um, the mom uh, took uh, Annie and went to London. Dad took Hallie and went to California where he's raising uh, um, um, uh, grapes for a grapevine. And these girls then have the idea Let's switch so we can meet mom and meet dad because they'd never met them before. Sure. And, and so the movie goes on. They switched. They did everything correct. And, and, uh, and, and, and so they, you, you get, and they practiced each other's mannerisms and all so they could fool mom <laughs> and dad because they just wanted to get to know. And then they called each other. Oh, mom's fantastic. Oh, dad is just unreal. And then they get the idea. We gotta get them together. Uh oh. And, and as they're trying, and they, and they do this because dad's starting to fall in love with a gal, and then so panic, we gotta do a move it up real quick because dad's gonna try to get married. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is the most funny move. In fact, one of my favorite scenes is when the London Annie, pretending to be Hallie, is slowly letting it slip out by her frustration that she's really not Hallie under the household in California. Take a listen to this. I'm so over my head here. I, I can't handle this. I just, I just can't. I'm only one kid. You got something you want to share with the class there, Hal? Jesse, you, you gave me a fright. I gave you a fright? You scared me. I didn't know you were, like, like in here. Are you sure there isn't anything you want to talk to me about? Like, 
why Sammy never comes near you anymore, or why your appetite's changed, or why all of a sudden your need is a pin and using expressions like, you gave me a fright? Jesse, I changed a lot over the summer, that's all. Okay. Or if I didn't know any better, I'd say it's almost like you were... Forget it. It's impossible. Almost as if I were who, Jesse? Nobody. Nobody. Forget I mentioned it. Almost as if I were Annie? You know about Annie? I am Annie. That was the London Annie pretending to be Hallie in California speaking to the live-in housekeeper, Jessie. And here's one more cut of her and her dad as her dad is trying to tell her that he is going to marry this young gal, 26 years old, Meredith. Um... Honey, I think you're kind of missing the point. No, I'm not. You're going to adopt Meredith. That is so sweet, Dad. No, I'm not going to adopt her. I'm going to marry her. Marry her? That's insane! How can you marry a woman young enough to be my big sister? Al, Are you speaking French? I, I learned it at camp. Okay, I'm sorry. Let, let's discuss this calmly, calmly and rationally. Yeah, and in English, if you don't mind, all right? Okay. Sweetheart, what has gotten into you? Nothing, nothing, just... just. Dad, you can't get married. It'll totally ruin completely everything. Oh, I could go on and on about the movie. Oh, the scene when when uh, uh, Meredith is out camping. Oh, well, I, I better stop. Or we'll... <laughs> we'll be watching the whole movie. Yeah, and I don't want to give away the ending. If you're never going to watch it, email me. I'll tell you the ending. But it's just a great... And the music, I just love some of the music. Well, Pastor Dave, this is great talking about this this uh, movie. So, <laughs> yeah. our uh, podcast today, mm-hmm. I guess we're going to be talking about parents then. Um, no, but we are talking about those in authority. Oh, because then my next guess was going to be that we're talking about traps. <laughs> I guess not. No, no authority, uh, especially as we are here in... Uh, an election cycle in the United States, mm-hmm. a lot of people are asking me questions. Not, and, and this show will not be about the candidates. We nope. will, won't even mention the candidates, whether it be the, the, the top or state or local. But how does a Christian deal with this? Are we in a Christian country? Um, Maybe we should look at the history of governments, because that can unfold an awful lot. Oh, that could take 
uh, several podcasts. How do I vote as a Christian? Mm. And is there ever a time that it's okay to not obey the government? These are questions people are asking me right now. And I so I kind of thought, hey, maybe we should have a show. Prior to looking at a Christian's role in respect to the government today, I thought it would be good to kind of look at the history of governments as it dates all the way back. Democracy, theocracy, autocracy, democratic republic, republic, uh, idiocracy, (laughs) uh, anarchy, monarchy, uh, uh, dictatorship. Oh, I mentioned that one already. There are so many kinds of governments. There really are. <sighs> there really are. Um, and we'll touch oh, on... Oh, I forgot Utopia. Sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That becomes a very important key, actually, to some of it. I want to take first, before we look at all of those in specific, if you look at the world's history in general, up until the 15th century... Uh, maybe you'd say the 16th century, which is the Renaissance, everything was seen as a theocracy, meaning the world evolved around God. God was always at the top. Then it moved from the, 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 with the Renaissance, where humans were now the center of things. And with that, really, that's the, the, when the uh, monarchies and the autocracies started to fall and the democracies and the republicans really started to take hold uh, in, in more of the world than just here or there. We're talking, uh, for instance, King Henry VIII when he uh, separated England from the Catholic Church, right? Well, I was actually thinking of uh, the French Revolution, where they they uh, got rid of the oh, the kingdoms, too. and even in England, though you had Henry VIII, they also shifted then to Parliament, where there was a we'd call it a republic more than a democracy that people represent the people, and the representatives then that's why it's a republic do much of the voting uh, of day to day activity. And this took place throughout Europe and, of course, here in the United States as well. What we're finding now, however, one last thing, is we're almost moving from the human as center to the individual as center. That movement's still uh, afoot and not done yet, but that's what uh, you're starting to hear with some things, and, and that really can break into anarchy because the person has to be Mm. at the top and center all right i understand the monarchy that's the king rules and the people obey Mm -hmm. and uh autocracy that's the dictatorship that's the tyrant rules the subjects the people cower (laughs) yeah yeah um and the um uh democracy uh, tell me about that, and tell me about a republic. The democracy, yeah, they are. The democracy started with the city-states back in 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 the ancient Greece, as I understand it, and the city would the people would elect and do um, literally democracy. Everyone would vote, 
And that's what a democracy means. It's it's a rule by the people. Mm-hmm. And the, they elect them. Uh, they didn't call them mayor. Um, I don't remember what they called them back then. Uh, magistrate, I think, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, a republic came about a little later. That was more in the Roman Empire, is my understanding, when, when there was more than just a, a one or two city-states, and there got to be so many people that, that not everybody could vote. Mm-hmm. And so the people would vote to have a representative act on behalf of them. So the people would vote, a thousand people would vote, let's say, and have one representative. The one representative would then go and be part of the government. And, and they t- would vote... Uh, than on behalf of their people. Exactly. Correct? And that's what we would call a democratic republic, which is correct. what we have now, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Then there's one more. This mm-hmm. isn't, I don't know if this is exactly a government, but it's kind of society. Let's talk about the utopia. Ah, uh, yes. And it is actually uh, an attempt for a government. Um, Utopias are usually seen as uh, we, we. If you know your Amer- United States history and American culture history, um, uh, many groups have come over. There's some among the Lutherans who did it, uh, the Amish do it. They they try to have a little city, and they believe God is is leading them, and that usually the spokesperson then is the pastor or the clergy, and so it really almost depend becomes a, a theocracy. Now, some will do a variation twist off of that where they're not says, uh, quite as emphasizing the, the Theo part of it, the God thing. But uh, again, it's usually a small group of people wanting to live in harmony and they just interact with themselves and, and try to live with peace and harmony. And usually God's somewhere in the midst of all of that. Now, with that said, though, we can see throughout history that there's been some that have taken it to a grander scale, actually, that it's not just a small utopia of a small community, but uh, that people have tried it in a larger scale, uh, so that literally it would be a God-run church state. Mm. Um, uh, England had some of them, uh, uh, France and Swiss and Sweet, uh, Sweden, uh, the, the Swiss. Um, Calvin actually tried to do that uh, in Geneva, and uh, where, where uh, it was all to be run by God and governed by God because God ultimately is in control, so let's put him in control. And uh, so that is the theocracy utopia. Now, there is one other type of utopia, and that's communism. That has no belief that there is no God. We just have to work in harmony and be happy together. And share Everybody everything we have. Share everything you have, be in common, yes. Now, the utopias, they, there's a, one simple problem that they forget. People are sinners. Yes. And sin, when, when, when it's under control, it's good for a while. But then usually there will be some greed, some lust, some, some uh, envy, and, and, and it will rear its ugly head. And usually utopias fall apart because of that. And so it, 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 utopias usually try and need people to be perfect. Otherwise, it won't work. That's my mom. That's my dad. Then you and I are like, like sisters. Hallie, we're like twins. 
I have a brilliant idea. I think we should switch places. I'll go back to London as you, and you go back to California as me. If we switch, they'll have to unswitch us. And when they do, they'll have to meet again. question mm-hmm. is there a christian form of government now i'm guessing before you answer that mm-hmm. that a lot of people would say well sure the theocracy is a christian form of government okay however uh in my reading and such that i've done i have to point out that the church has not always been the most godly of institutions let alone forms of government right and we have it in the book of Acts, noted. They tried to live together in, and have everything in common. Like and, the utopia. Like the utopia. And somebody lied and uh, hid some uh, uh, of land back. That would be Ananias and Sapphira. Right. Acts chapter 5. And uh, what was bad about that is that they lied. And so... In the best settings, a utopia doesn't work because it would have worked the best then because they were just new at this. Jesus was alive and and they were all just had been touched by him and blessed by him. But again, that sin creeps in. All right, then. Which form of government is the most Christian form of government? All of them and none of them. I hate it when you do that. <laughs> if the king is a Christian and he exercises it with fairness and mercy, it's a great Christian uh, 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 government. If the tyrant is actually a Christian, but just a firm one, it could be a reasonable. If the, dem- the democracy is... Uh, votes people in who are good, solid Christians? It could be. But then you come to the reverse. If the democracy votes in greedy, corrupt, no good, rotten people, Uh then the democracy is... That's what you get with it. Yep, yep. And that's actually um, one of the early founders did comment about that, that if people do vote in such people, it will not last. Um, that we need to have moral people in a moral fiber, otherwise the democracy will not last, because there's opportunity for greed. And that's the thing about capitalism. It's not really the uh, government, but the style of economy, um, that when uh, capitalism, in a sense, builds off of greed, but greed that is balanced with uh, care for other people. So, again, it's... When it comes to government, neither and both, depending who's in charge. So it may or may not be a Christian form of government, but what's a Christian to do? Ah, a Christian is to live under the government in which they find themselves. They are to work to do good, both for the government and for their society, Wait, but what if I don't like the people who are governing me? I... That's not your role. 
that's not what's the matter. You may not like them, but the key is our function, our role is to uplift them, even when it's not comfortable. Peter wrote, oh, Peter was under the Roman rule, where Caesar was the emperor, not a Christian. In fact, Peter was killed for his faith. So he was under a government that was totally anti-Christian. And he said in his first letter, chapter 2, verse 17, show proper respect to everyone, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, and honor the king. Now, you're saying... Uh, you're implying here that the king mm-hmm. would have been the government in this case. That is correct. Because, but, the oh, go ahead. But I think I know what you're going to say. Just say it. The king, to me, I would have thought that would have meant Jesus Christ, mm. the king. The verse before, the phrase before that, fear God. That's in reference to God, including Jesus. Honor the king means the earthly situation. Matthew chapter 22, beginning at verse 15. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him, that is Jesus, in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, that is the followers of Herod. Teacher, they said, we know you are a man of integrity, that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by men, because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites. Now, oh, I, I, I got to stop you. Can you, can you reread this? You know they're gonna they're out to trap him. Yeah. And Jesus knows it. Yeah. So read it that way. Oh. Okay. Um Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said. We know you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. So, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me a coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius. That's a day's wage. And he asked them, 
Whose portrait is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. Hmm. Taxes are the backbone of the government's ability to do its work. And Jesus says we are to honor that. I do, yeah. What song are you playing right now? It is Well With My Soul. Those last couple lines, do me a favor. Mm -hmm. Just play your right hand. Now pull the left hand. Uh. Hmm. And now go ahead and play them both together again. You really need both hands. You can't play one or the other. Well, I've uh, heard of one or two people who have been able to play with one hand, but uh, that takes a lot of doing. So playing and the really piano, it, it takes all those fingers, and and it does different things with uh, the the lower and the right or the right the lower hand, the upper hand. There we go. Uh, yeah. The left hand, the right hand. Yes, it does. There was a theologian who said, you know, it's almost like. There are two kingdoms, the kingdom of the left and the kingdom of the right. The kingdom of the left hand is the government. And what it does, it does to do one particular thing, and that is to keep and maintain peace and prosperity in the land. The kingdom of the right hand is God's activity in the church. And he does what he does in the church forgiveness, life, and salvation, so that there might be peace and prosperity with our souls. When the two play together, go ahead and play together again. It really is well with my soul. Sometimes, though, we want to think one is the same as the other when they really aren't. The things of the left hand are far different than the king things of the right hand. But when together are played, it's a beautiful song.
I kind of like that, playing the piano and uh, the whole idea of uh, the two hands, the left hand being the kingdom of this world, the governments and such, um, and the kingdom of the right hand being God's kingdom, the kingdom of the church, the eternal kingdom. And uh, sometimes those hands play together beautifully, and uh, they're they're in one accord, as we might say. And then uh, there are other times, of course, when they play totally separate songs, and they don't sound at all the same, and they're very dissonant. Yes. And the other possibility is that when one hand tries to dominate and drown out the other and take it over so that it is all one hand or the other. And that's what what a theocracy on earth tries to do, making uh, both the government rule and the Christian rule all the same. And then you only have one hand. And then you don't have as beautiful music and many times you don't have anything but pounding bass And if it's the other way around, it can have problems as well. In this world, since the fall into sin, really, we're separated. I think before the fall into sin, they were harmonized together. God walked on earth, walked with Adam and Eve. But when sin came, it separated God from Adam. And it separated these two kingdoms that they, in many ways, act independent but yet in a god ple- when it's god pleasing it's in harmony you got it so how am i to interact then what is to be my interaction or my relationship within and between the two kingdoms in the kingdom of the right it's a a christian's role to love to serve to witness uh, to be forgiven and to help people know that they are forgiven, to give forgiveness of sins. It's the God stuff. There's one verse that says the kingdom of, is from Romans chapter 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, meaning the stuff of this world, but it is righteousness, peace, and um, righteousness, joy, and the and, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thanks for finishing it. Yeah. And so that's that. But when we are then faced with, like we are in the United States, with picking people to help govern over us, then that's the kingdom of the left hand. And, and there we use our personal judgment, which is tempered by our Christian faith. We want a government that will bring peace and prosperity. So the gospel... Not us, but so the gospel, the church might be free. Uh, when a, when a, there's a tyrant on the throne, it makes it hard for the church to act free. It has to go underground. That we is true. We don't want that. Now, it does grow and it, it flourishes because it's God's church, but it doesn't work so well. Mm-hmm. And so we are looking to do things as we exercise here our vote that can best benefit the church and our lives and then secondarily humanity. We look at the, uh, the last half of the Ten Commandments, um, murdering and killing and hating, um, adultery, stealing, stealing and lying. And lying. Yeah, we want a government that stops those things from happening because when those happen, it's going to come back to bite us eventually. Mm-hmm. And so it's really left up to us to say, 
What's best? So, if I'm trying to decide who to vote for, Mm -hmm. I can't just look at one or two issues. I have to think, which candidate, Mm -hmm. be it for president or for governor, for Mm -hmm. mayor, for my representative, which candidate is going to bring about the most good for humanity and for the kingdom of the right hand, even if that candidate, whether that candidate is Christian or not. Right. Right. Because if finally it gets so bad, even though they're not Christian, God will put them there, but he takes them down. If it gets so bad, like Adolf Hitler, it imploded on itself and he killed himself because it got so bad. God will do that. But he's slow in doing that because he wants his people to be active in this world and guiding and governing these things. Used to be that a Christian could say, I'm going to have one issue, and that be the murder issue. Mm -hmm. I don't want babies to be killed, the, the abortion issue. And so I'll vote always for that. Well, now it's not so cut and dry. There are some who are, are uh, pro-life, but with some of the other things, it, it creates other problems as a Christian, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. That, as you said, we look at all the issues and make the best choice we can. With prayer and, and with talking with others, seeking God's wisdom in the whole thing. Indeed. trap how does that fit in <laughs> i'm well first it's just because i'm doing the show and i kind of like it <laughs> yeah and i saw it no i the idea was with the they're twins they were together at the beginning and they they look alike they act alike they seem a lot alike when they were separated and yet they're different They're totally different. And so often that's how it is in our world, whether it be the church or sometimes the governments. They seem alike, they look alike, they act alike, but quite frankly, they are different. They were separated when we fell into sin. Eventually, they'll be back together when we get to heaven. And I'm not going to tell you the end of the movie, by the way. Watch it or send me an email. And you can send emails to... Info, I-N-F-O, <laughs> at, not dash alone, N-O-T dash A-L-O-N-E, dot, N-E-T. And, and don't forget to search us out on Facebook. You can look for Pastor Dave Andrus or Room 4216 from any Facebook page. Until next week, we, we are, are not, not alone. alone. Credits. Scenes and music 
from the 1998 production of Walt Disney Pictures' The Parent Trap, our talented interlude musicians, Robert Vaughn and Terry Nord, and our special thanks to Carrie Ford, editing assistant.